Alright, so hi, welcome this week. It is Naked Music once again. This week our guest is Jonah Ray. How are you? I'm okay, how are you? I am alright for the that evening is, of Monday. It, it is a Monday. Uh, is this going to air on a Monday though? Because if not, that's going to be real weird. It airs on a Thursday, but... Um, alright, let's act. Let's try and act now as if it were Thursday. Oh, wow. Alright, so, awesome. oh man, Thursday nights. Thursday nights. Time to go out to a bar, and oh, it's the end of the week, only one more day. Is that good? Does that sound convincing? That sounds kind of convincing. I mean, Friday yeah. doesn't really count anyway. Like, that's that's kind of like the early weekend, at least for most. It seems like the weekends keep on growing. Yeah. When, like, like, Thursday night used to be like the night to go out, like before the weekend. Yeah. Now Thursday nights are just as crowded as the weekend. So now it's Wednesday. I heard Wednesday is a new day now. Early. At least for going out, not getting completely trashed, but just for going out, like, to do enough. something. Enough, getting trashed enough. Trashed is, yeah, trash, trashed is Thursday, and then, I, I think Friday you do coke. I think that's a new thing, like. Is that, is, really? I didn't get that, I didn't get that memo. Really? Uh, but I am, I am glad to accept it. <laughs> Friday is coke, Friday is coke. And roll up that paper, and, <laughs> no, <laughs> I hate, I hate that drug and everyone who does it. <laughs> Especially my dad. <laughs> he must be rich then. It's a it's a it's a pricey no, drug. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the reason he's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jonah. Um, let's see. Moving on from drugs. Actually, I do have a question. Um, I was watching some of your stuff on Super Deluxe and some of your other stuff. Um, I see you have a penchant for killing in your little in your web videos. Is there a reason for that? Uh, I I just there's something. So so inherently funny about violence and death to me. <laughs> um, maybe it's like, you know, like uh, a stupid, you know, it's like, you know, psychologists would probably break it down where it's like, you know, it's my reaction to deal with the bad things in the world. Uh, I would then to him say, just give me my prescription for crazy pills and I'll be on my way. But like, uh, I just, I don't know. It's like, you know, bring it back to cartoons. Like, you know, we grew up watching when someone gets hit, it's really funny. <laughs> and so when someone gets shot, it's hilarious. That is pretty true. Is that your favorite? Is that the funniest? Because to me, to me, I feel like like, like zombie kind of killing, you know, with the blood and guts. Like, that's the kind of, that is funnier to me. Like, but are, is shooting your, your comedy death, is that what I'm getting from you? Um, well, killing, killing zombies isn't funny. It's a learning tool. <laughs> uh, for what's going to go down in the future. Um, that's why I've been playing a lot of Left 4 Dead <laughs> on the Xbox 360, just so I can really, you know, just really prepare, because, I don't know, if it's if it's running zombies, it's not funny at all. It's scary as shit. <laughs> See, that's why if I don't even touch those games. I don't think I could handle the zombie invasion. Oh, it's, it's scary. It is stressful. But the thing is, though, if it's, you know... If it's the Dawn of the Dead style, original Dawn of the Dead, you know, style zombies, I am so equipped. You go, you go straight, you go straight to the Home Depot. You get some tools. You get into the uh, L.A. River Canal, and then you just head north. Don't head south. There's more people south. You head north to where it's more desolate. But aren't the, I thought that the the farmer zombies were worse. I thought they were much more gruesome, and and the hills have eyes, and all that, like you know, incest and death. That that part that seems worse than fighting off ranges and numbers of zombies oh well here's the thing um hills have eyes those are mutants 
inbred mutants, uh, uh, not zombies. Zombies are people who died and come back to life, uh, or a version of it. No, it's okay. Here's why you're stupid. It's because <laughs> you're gonna die when the zombies attack. Probably. I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm not gonna lie. But I feel like if a zombie can kill me, I feel like my brain would be a tasty treat to them. So in a way, it's like it'd be sad, but I would be helping out somebody else. Well, you don't really want to help out the zombies. <laughs> you want them to die off so, you know, everyone that you know can try and survive. It's okay. I, I can understand that once you're gone, you don't care. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a nice, selfish way to think. <laughs> Man, my listeners are not going to like me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even now? My one listener. My one major <laughs> listener. I got one diehard. Oh, yeah? Do you have any weird? Do you have any weird fans? I, 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 every every girl I've known to like do stuff on college radio have always had like like a weird couple dudes. Well, like you know, what's weird is that not like with this show. There's a few fans, but really my other show. I used to have a psychedelic music show, and that one that one oh. had some weird. Uh, there and it was at six in the morning, so I don't know like what kind of stoner is up at six in the morning. But apparently, yeah. forty year old stoners get up at <laughs> six in the morning. And try to find your address, and it's very strange. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, no, that's the worst, especially psychedelic music, because I bet they call you up and go, hey, you gonna play that one? Oh, anyway, you know, I was in the war, and <laughs> in the war, and then, like, you know, like, that has to happen to my friend Catherine at uh, KXLU. Ooh. It's like, she did, she had a three to six in the morning show, and I'd sit in with her sometimes. And, you know, like, we'd always get a guy calling in, uh, requesting some song from the war times, and then just trying to talk for hours upon end, and then going, to, uh, it's like, hey, you guys want to meet at the norms? Now we can go there after you guys get off. I'm going to be up for a while, probably uh, because of all the speed he's been doing. See, that's what, I never thought of bringing, like, somebody with me. I always just had to deal with those on my own in the morning, and the guy after me would come in, and I'd be shaking, and be like, what's wrong? I'd be like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that, was, that was my life for a good quarter. Good, oh. A good quarter, but it's in the past, and I think I've grown as a person. Not enough to survive zombies, apparently, but I've no, grown no. to survive well, now. We'll just never know what's going to happen until it happens. Until it happens. I'm still betting, I feel like the dead space, that's the that's the future of the zombies. Like, we're going to be in space, but I feel like when the zombies come, we're going to already be in space. We're going to have escaped, like, the end of the world, and we're going to be like, woo, safe. But then when people <laughs> start dying and we don't know where to put them, that's when it's all going to happen. That is a very good point. That's that's my theory. I'm trying to get that around. I feel like that people could get on that. People could get behind that. That's a that's a that's a campaign I'd get behind. That idea is like Obama. I'm all for it. <laughs> I felt really bad. I was actually with my friend um, getting lunch today, and there were one of those. You know, at the register they have those like give a quarter for some kid to fight cancer kind of boxes. And oh yeah, the, the boxes I never put anything in. Yes, yeah, yeah. Going. Well, on the box it said it was blue background it had a little african child and it said change and all i could think of like was obama wants our change (laughs) oh that's funny because it's racist (laughs) well yeah but it's for for obama so it kind of balances out right kind of that's true that's true kind of yes yes you can yes we can we can do anything we want now yes we can what i did right after i found out he was elected president i went out and i tried to fly guess what i did wow because we can do anything now. It it was amazing. I feel like I didn't do enough when when it happened. I was I was just really messed up. I was just drunk off my just drunk, just drunk. I wanted I wanted to be, uh, but like I started feeling sick, and I've gotten into the, this place in my life where I, 
uh, I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know what? Don't drink when you're feeling sick, because then, <laughs> then it will just get worse and worse and worse until you go to the hospital, like that one time. Oh. And so, you know, I was like feeling sick, and I just wanted to celebrate, but I just, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. But and you, have I, to, you have to have that one time before you learn that lesson. Like, you can't just, just know one day. It has to happen the one time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It happens. The, it happened the one time. It's just kind of like that's why. I mean, I love drinking. I love uh, getting drunk. Um, and like, it's weird because like, I'm not. I show no signs of stopping. And it's. I think it's because the one thing hasn't happened yet. There hasn't been that one thing where it's like someone's there going, "Dude, you really gotta think about how much you drink." Like, there's no that hasn't happened yet. Like, you know, I'll get drunk. I'll drive across the. You know. Uh, Los Angeles, and, and it's like nothing happens. I get home, you know. Like I, I get drunk and I go into a bad part of the neighborhood, and I make friends. Nothing, nothing bad has happened yet. Yeah, I I feel that way too. Knock, either I'm surrounded by wood, so I'm knocking on it all. But I mean, I I am located out here in Irvine, but I always go to the comedy shows, and as you probably know, comedy and booze kind of go together. So. But I made it home every night, so yeah. one night, knock, knock on wood, it'll be fine. But um, actually, I was curious, you are, I think you're one of the youngest people who's been on our show. You're, what, 20-something, 20, 20 26? I'm 26, yeah. 26 years old. When did you start in comedy? Like, when did you start doing open mics or however you um, started? I, I started uh, when I was 20. I just turned 20, and... Um, I had actually moved out to L.A. when I was 19, uh, just turned 19, with the intent on doing comedy, but I just I, I didn't do anything. I just hung out with bands in mm. San Pedro. And then I, um, yeah, I, like I just kind of, I started going to open mics and watching them <laughs> for about a month, maybe maybe three weeks. Like, I would just go and find them on, in the paper and look and just kind of see, you know, because I saw, you know, I've seen, like, you know, professional comedy shows and I've seen comedy on TV, but it's a completely different thing mm. when it's at an open mic, and I kind of had to get a feel for it, like, of what it's like to do something, you know, from the ground up. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, well, so, yeah, because I, I kind of, getting in the comedy scene, I am, as well, of young age, but so I was just, like, when you were young, like, how did that, um, how did it affect you being under 21? Because I know a lot of the, the open mics are at bars, bars or yeah. things like that, like, how did that work? I had the worst fake ID ever. <laughs> it was one that I found at the record store that I worked at in Venice Beach, and it was this dude named Martin Andrew Knopp. <laughs> and he was this, like, he was 6'7", and I'm, I'm tall, I'm 6'4", but but he was also, like, 100, 120 pounds, something. he was really skinny, really dark, and had dreadlocks. Huge, long dreadlocks. And I would, uh, I would just, I remember I was going to... Um, I, uh, I I shouldn't say where I was going, but like I you know went to uh, this uh, you know bar for an open mic, and um, <laughs> like the guy looks at my ID and looks up at me, and I, I have I, I, my hair is very far away from any kind of dreadlock, and um, and like the guy looks at my looks at me and the ID, he's like uh, oh some haircut huh, and I was like yeah freaking job, and then uh, he's like tell me about it and gives me back my ID and then waves me on in like fight the man job suck get in there you and and so I had this idea in my head of like that's what I should say every time someone questions it last time and then like the next time around at some other place the guy is like 
did your mom know you had this haircut? I was like, it's a, it's a job, I had to cut it for it, and that's why it's now looking like that, let me have it back, and like the guy's like, yeah, but your mom, no, you had the haircut, I was like, but job, just, I got a job, I had to cut it, and he's like, whatever, obviously knew it was fake, and it worked until I turned 21, I had, you know, I had to use that thing for a year before I, you know, and of course, like, right when I turned 21, never got carded. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I was just I always wondered that just because there are so many shows that are like at bars and it's not like I'd want them to be anywhere else. But it's just like if you're trying to get into it, like most people get into it usually in their later twenties or so. But if you're like a kid, I don't know. Not really. Well, I know, I know, I know. Like a lot of kids get it. I, I know a lot of people did it when they were in college. Like you always hear that. Like a you know, I did some in college, and I guess just because there's like you know nothing else to do when you can't drink, you know. I guess, yeah. I don't know what yeah. you would do stand-up around I guess here, though. I, yeah, I don't know. Poetry? I mean, like... Poetry? I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I've, I've known a lot of guys uh, uh, to, you know, start doing stand-up at, like, uh, music open mics um, and stuff like that because, you know, they would it was just time on stage. And they would, you know, they would get to go up and they'd actually get a really good response because no one else was doing comedy. Mm. And so they would go and just... You know, like play a ditty on the guitar, then put it down, and then go and do a bunch of jokes, and people would love it because it was like a change of pace. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I personally think that like the bar, the bar environment is usually the best because you get the best like hecklers because you need hecklers when you're starting out, and like a drunk guy is usually the best kind of barometer for whether or not you're really off because or really good, <laughs> like or or even um, homeless drunk people sometimes I'm even gonna, better. I'm gonna say. uh there's never a time where a heckler is good. <laughs> I, uh, I really don't like hecklers. I, I, I've had I've had some really horrible times with the hecklers, and it's weird because I am always quick on my feet until like it's a guy yelling like stupid gibberish out uh. in a crowd where I can't see him. That makes me become like just I become an idiot. Uh. It's like I'll you know doing an act and a guy's like uh, you know just stupid something saying. So, Something stupid, just like, uh, why don't you go home? And I'd be like, you're the other one that's going home all the time in your house. I bet you live in with your family that loves you. Have a good time being a normal person, asshole. It's so weird, though, because even, like, that kind of heckling, I haven't even heard that. Like, I've heard it, but not as much, like, lately when people are heckling. I've heard more, like, like, maybe it's because a lot of the shows I go to, it's people who, like, want to see the people performing, you know? But then yeah. that breeds, like, the kind of heckler that's like, dude, do that one bit, like, that one that one super fan kind of heckler. And, like... Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if those are worse. Like, those just seem very awkward. Like, I saw Pat and Oswald lay into one of them once, but other than that, like, I don't know how you would handle... How you would handle that? Because you can't hate on them. They like you, but... No, you can't. No, it's, it's, it's weird. Um... Patton's great at that because Patton, like, you know, um, just, like, has, like, a lot of fans that, you know, don't, they, they think he's funny because he's, you know, he's hilarious, but, like, there's these fans that just, they don't have any idea who Patton is. <laughs> you know, they, like, they, they know him, they know his jokes, but, like, they don't know what kind of guy he is. And they don't get that he's not the kind of guy that, like, you know, likes that kind of attitude. And that's why it's always, like, you know, you can't. You can't blame, you know, like, it's like, you know, sometimes bands have horrible fans. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't blame them. You can't blame the band for the fans. You just gotta, gotta move on. But so, aside from stand-up, you also have a pretty good writing career, right? Writing for comedy? 
Yeah, no, it's it's you know it's gotten it's gotten more frequent um, past you know a couple of years, and it's it's a good thing to do. You know, <laughs> act like it's like anyone should do it. It's a good thing to do in between jobs when you're acting or doing comedy on stage. So when you're ever uh, between jobs, just try and be a writer. <laughs> I, always, uh, no. I always wondered how that was like how that was going lately, just because like I know not all production like not all things are like the Judd Apatow movies but there's a lot more like improv and like more uh it's shifting more the uh the creativeness I I can't speak at this moment um (laughs) the responsibility is kind of moving away from the the written script to like the actor improvising like has that been something for you or is it still like writing good um, well, yeah. writing, yeah, they'll always, they'll always need something to go off of, yeah. you know, there's always, there's a, I mean, before any Appetite movie starts, they have a very, like, a very precise outline, you know, yeah. um, I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, uh, Judd could walk into a movie studio and go, these are my friends that are going to be in the movie, and we're just going to kind of riff about relationships, and they're going to be like, here's a $13 million thing, <laughs> it's a thing that's worth $13 million that they use for movies. Uh, but like, um, you know, like it's like, I'm pretty sure he could do it at this point, but you know, but he has to turn in very, very detailed scripts as just like anybody. But once they're on set, that's when, that's when that stuff takes over. Yeah. Cause when you have a solid base, uh, that's when improv, uh, really shines. I yeah. think. How is getting into, how is getting into writing in LA? Uh, it, you know, it happened, um, by chance kind of, you know, I, uh, I was just doing stand up. I didn't think of myself as a writer. I thought of myself as more, you know, a performer. Um, but then, like, you know, you end up writing stuff, uh, just involved in any, any, uh, facet of comedy. You know, comedy, what people don't realize is really, it can be really broad. Yeah. You know, um, cause like, you know, you think about like, uh, Patton and Brian Posehn, David Cross, like, you know, all these guys, they also are writers on shows. You know, Dimitri Martin, he's also a writer, he was a writer on Conan. Yeah. You know, um, Brian Posehn wrote on tons of shows, like, you know, like, and Pat Oswald is, like, you know, does rewrites for movies all the time. He does what they call punch-up, where they put, you know, more jokes in them and stuff like that. Mm. It's, um, it's just kind of like, um, I think, I think Patton, like, put it best where it's just like, you know, all these, like, TV and movies and all these things, like, um, you don't do comedy to get to those things. You do those things so you can keep on doing comedy. Mm. So, like, you know, if I'm going to get a job being creative, um, you know, as a writer for something, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, shun it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my best. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not like my goal. It's not like, Oh, I'm a writer for television now. You know, because I think there's the so journey. much, I think, yeah, I think there's, there's, uh, there's so many different things in comedy that you can get to. So it's not um, really like a stand up versus writing. It's like, they kind of feed each other. Yeah. Well, you know, like a, a friend of mine, Anthony Jelzenek, a really, really funny comic. Um, he uh, he does stand up. He just had a he, he taped a um, half hour special for Comedy Central this year, and uh, now he's uh, going to be writing jokes for um, Jimmy Fallon's monologue when he takes over for Conan. Oh, yeah. Um. So it's like you know, like so now that he has this job writing jokes for this other guy, he can continue just performing stand up at night and you know on the weekends, and yeah. it's uh, it's like a good thing to be able to like you know be creative. A day job that uh, doesn't job. Like, stop you during the day. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. It's like your brain's still working creatively. Yeah. So, um, 
what was it? Oh, okay. So moving a little bit on. So you just um not not super recently, but relatively recently had your first album come out. Yeah, that happened, actually that was last year. Last year, okay. I I thought it was sooner than that. Well, still not so so long ago. So last no, it's, year. It, 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 believe me, like if the time passed a lot faster than I thought. Right <laughs> after I put it, I, by this time I already wanted to put out another record. Yeah, how was doing that? It's a it's a very short record. It's also like the first. It's their only vinyl on um, Special Thing Records, right? Yeah, yeah. It was actually kind of like a thing. I, you know, I grew up playing in like punk bands, and you know, our, our goal was always to like record and then put out a seven-inch record because that's mm-hmm. what you do when you're in a punk band, and um, <laughs> and it's cool. You know, that's the way Maximum Rock and Roll magazine will review yeah. it. And um, so when I started doing comedy, like I stopped playing in bands, and I was thinking like, well, I've always, I still had that urge to always want to be on vinyl. And so, like, uh, and the guys from AST Records, like, you know, they always, like, you know, we'd always joke around about it because, you know, I've known those guys through the scene and whatnot. Mm. And when they started the thing, they're like, hey, would you want to do a company 7-inch? I was like, really? <laughs> like, uh, well, I'm like, I don't really have the money to pay. They're like, we'll pay for it. I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, you know, put out, put out a record. And um, I had a little bit of hesitancy at first, though, because, like, you know, I'm, you know, a lot of people, they put out their first records, you know, 15, 20 years into their careers. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like to think that, like, um, like with comedy, it can get to a point uh, where, you know, I'll put this out now, and this is like, you know, that, that represents the first five years of, you know, my, my stand-up. And then, like, you know, I put out another one, and maybe that one's a little better. <laughs> and then I put out another one, and then, like, you know, like, it's like sometimes, like, you know, the, the first Super Chuck album is pretty good, but then, you know, they get better as they go along, and sometimes there's a clunker, you know? And it helps create a legacy. Yeah, exactly. Well, the plan is to do three seven-inch records um, and then do a compilation CD uh, with uh, with a bonus DVD of all the videos I've ever done for, like, Super Deluxe or any of that stuff. Oh, cool. Is it uh, the second one anytime coming out soon? I'm thinking uh, probably around March. Oh, cool. uh, I'm going to try and have it out by um, just in time for like going to South by Southwest and stuff oh, like that. Very nice. I'll be sure to tell people about it when it comes time. Yeah, yeah. they could also they could also get the, my first one on iTunes. On I- oh, really? On iTunes? Yeah, yeah. You didn't oh, know that? I did what not. Do your research. I well, I am a f- I work with a special thing record, so I gotta shuffle <laughs> everybody that way. Oh well, yeah. They they also get they get they get the money there too. Oh, cool. Okay, iTunes. Go to iTunes, people, and find yeah, this uh, if you don't have a record player. And if you yeah, don't, if you don't have a record player, just get, get it on iTunes. Player. Yeah, they should. But if they don't, don't, tell them to go get that record player that plugs into their computer from Urban Outfitters. Oh yeah, the one. Well, isn't that the one where you can turn records into MP3s? They say yeah. magic of the needle. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it, the output is a USB uh, oh. output, and it goes right into your computer, and it comes with software where, like, you know, it, like, you just let the record play, and it, like, separates the tracks and everything. Oh, see, right after that came out, I actually got the, um, from the Ion, I think the same company, like, they had a regular record player, and it went down, like, $100, yeah, I got it right after. Uh, I still have the old school one, but it works. It's nice. good. So, um, I guess the record, it, like... Not even with vinyl and stuff, but you do have kind of a penchant for, um, like, not campy, but, like, the kind of retro cool things, like like uh, Mystery Science Theater, I hear you're a big fan of, which is awesome. Yeah, well, you know, what's funny about that is, like, uh, maybe to a younger kid, uh, <laughs> that stuff is retro, <laughs> but that's just, that's just me being stubborn. <laughs> um, 
as like a, a person getting into new things. Like, you know, like it's so weird because I know eventually I'm going to be like, uh, like considered like the early 2000s guy. You know, the early 2000s guy. He still watches, you know, non-Blu-ray DVDs and he goes on MySpace still and he listens to these things called CDs. You know, like, it's like, I, Mystery Science Theater, like, you know, I grew up watching it. I'm a huge fan of it. I just bought the, uh, just bought the 20th anniversary box set. Oh, um, wow. You know, I, I, I watch the, the movie all the time. Like, the name of the record is a reference, is a line from yeah. the movie. Yeah. And so the next record, uh, which is going to be called, uh, Hello, Mr. Magic Plane Person, Hello. Awesome. Is also <laughs> another line from the movie. Um, but, like, yeah, no, I mean, it's like, you know, the vinyl thing. I guess, yeah, I guess it's, it can be considered retro, but they still make records. They, they do still st- make vinyl. They do still make records. And I still watch, you know, Rift Tracks, which is, you know, <laughs> and uh, Cinematic Titanic, which are the offshoots of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. No, the re- I guess the reason I drew the, like, connection was just because of the, the vinyl and also the, the way that... Um, your super deluxe the first the first show you had the freeloaders guide it was very 70s and very like there were always references to like like 70s and 80s kind of movies and stuff which i thought was really cool but like was that was that your decision or was that um mahoney's or like how was how did that come out um that was like uh i mean a lot of like uh a lot of that was me like i mean like you know um i wanted it to look like one of those stock you know uh educational films yeah um, you know, from the early 80s, late 70s, and, like, uh, and then, like, between me, Neil Mahoney, the producer, uh, co-writer, and, you know, uh, Peter Atencio, the director and co-writer, like, um, we're all, like, nerds when it comes to movies, and, uh, like, you know, like, like, the second one was, like, you know, kind of had an alien thing, yeah. you know, the, the guy did free food, and, the you know, there's, of course, you have to always make a reference, to, if you have the opportunity, you should always make a Benny Hill reference, <laughs> And that, was, that was one of my favorites. That was pretty. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite out of all of them. I think I uh, think one of the things that made that the best was that um, I think for some reason the combination the you being chased by Matt Bronger like his yeah. like you your expressions combined was just it, it all worked. <laughs> it was it was beautiful. Yeah, it's fine. That one has like a lot of star power. It has got Matt Bronger. It's got Joe Wagner, who was a really funny comic. He was on that the Zach Alpenacus DVD. I thought that was him. I was like, yeah. I saw him at the very end. I was like, is that? Yeah, um, it's uh, the guy in the gorilla suit, and uh, who also was the guy at the uh, the bus stop um, was uh, Eric Appel, who's like a writer on Human Giant, mm-hmm. Crank Anchors, and uh, now he's like a he's a you know content producer at uh, Funny or Die. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Bush, who was uh, on the All Tell commercials, was the uh, the policeman Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so that one, yeah, that one was like one of my favorite ones. You know, all my friends in it and stuff like that, and it was a, it was that a blast. So cool! Like that's just. Like, as I uh, continue interviewing people, it's just so cool how everybody really does know everybody. Like, in this little this little scene of the L.A. comedy, alterna comedy, whatever you want to call it, like, everybody just, like, is nice and knows each other, and it's like a family. Well, there's, you know, there's never any reason to be a dick. <laughs> uh, I, find it, I find it rare uh, when I have a reason to be a complete asshole. <laughs> And I think that's uh, kind of the way everyone else feels. I mean, like, you know, like, in a sense, we're all in competition. <laughs> but, um, but the, you hear those sirens? I live in a tough neighborhood. Tough. Highland Park. Jonah Ray, uh, tough comedian. Yeah, yeah. I'm the bad boy of comedy. <laughs> um, no, like, there's, like, 
we're all in, we're all kind of in a competition with each other, but just it's like you know we're all here still having to see each other every day. So and like some of these, like I've met some of the, like you know my best friends um, through doing the comedy. You know, like uh, doing the comedy. <laughs> Um, no, like, you know, Neil Mahoney and, like, uh, Matt Bronger, who's, like, you know, just got done with Matt TV, and, and like, you know, like, oh, like, the Human Giant guys, like, all these guys are people who actually, you know, we all, we all hang out, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's great, it's like, you know, I don't know what my life would be like if I weren't doing comedy, I'd probably be hanging out with shitty punk rockers. <laughs> Do you, but you still open for, you, you haven't, like, totally abandoned the music, like, didn't you just open for, um, the Rosebuds, like? Like last week or something, or did we yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week uh, I opened up for um, for them up in San Francisco, and then did uh, the LA show with them down here, which was a lot of fun. Um, I did a, I did the shows with my friend Randy Litke, who's this comic uh, young guy from uh, he's from Bend, Oregon. Mm. Uh, kind of was in the Seattle scene for a bit, but he is one of my favorite young comedians right now like he's one like he's a new guy but he's he's so funny he's one of my favorite guys yeah he, he actually found my sh- like found my myspace show and i, I want to see him i haven't gotten a chance to see him live but I, I saw some of his clips and they seem really good yeah no he is Maybe in the he's future. great actually yeah so i had i did a, i did a bit sorry my dogs are freaking out uh um but um no he's great like we did a bit um we did a bit that we did actually uh, that I thought of. Uh, we opened up for Man Man uh, mm-hmm. in Crystal Antlers in um, in Los Angeles, and so when the Rosebuds asked me to open up for them again, or you know, open up for them, I, that's when I did. We did that bit again. So yeah, any any way to plug Randy Licky, <laughs> you should give him a link. MySpace at dot com slash Randy Licky. I have to check this to make sure. Yeah. But um, but so do you think that um you would ever consider kind of. Like, is that something that you want to do more often, doing the... Because I've seen you be involved with, like, music shows, like Comedy Plus Music. That's something you'd want to, like, do, or do you want to do more of the, like, the stand-up at the, like, you know, the improv kind of thing? Or, like, where, oh, where I do mean, you want to... Where's your favorite kind of perform thing? If you had your choice, where would you want to perform? I don't know why I can't speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, I, can't, I can't really pick a place to perform, because, like, you know, any, anywhere will get old eventually, and, you know, like... Uh, I don't want to open up for bands all the time because that's very limited. Because if you try to do stand up and no one knows who you are, that is one of the worst things that ever happened to a human yeah. ever. Um, but doing you know doing those bits is a lot of fun, um, and like you know doing the improv is great, and doing like you know shows out of town at comedy clubs are awesome, and doing shows at bars like the more alternative rooms like the UCB Theater, like these are all great places, and like they you know they all have their own little charm, you know. Like, uh, so there's, there's really, it's really hard to pay because, like, you know, UCB, you can get fed up because, you know, there's a lot of comedy snobs. <laughs> and, um, at, like, uh, but, like, you know, they're awesome, smart crowds, and they, you know, they, they ask for a lot, and you have to give them a lot. And yeah. That's what's awesome. At the improv, it's like, you know, it's almost like performing for the middle of the country. <laughs> and, like, you know, you get, you can, you, but they're just like, you know, they're there to have a good time. And they paid a lot of money to have a good time. <laughs> and so, um... So every yeah, place no. has its, its ups and downs. Yeah, exactly. But, like, actually, one of my favorite places to perform is at South by Southwest. I've always had a good time every time I've done it. Is that, um, is that yearly, or is that, like, sorry, hiccup. Um, yeah, because I've heard of that before. Like, what, explain more about that, and are you going to be involved in the next one? Uh, the South by Southwest? Yeah. Actually, I don't. I don't really know uh, in what fashion. I mean, I'm, you know, I know I'll be performing down there, but I don't know which shows. They don't. They haven't set that up yet. Mm, yeah. Sorry. Well, 
in the future I will ask you. Time. Please. Also, it's for Randy Randy Litke. Look he, look him up on MySpace, myspace.com slash Randy Litke. Yeah, it is that. Uh awesome. Litke L I It's weirder it's weirder spelled than you think. L I E D T K E. Wait, T T <laughs> Okay. I am not speaking well today. <laughs> <laughs> well, good job. You'll get there sometime. He'll, he'll, if, you, if people are listening at this point, they'll have to have figured it out. I've given them yeah. enough clues that, like, it's up to you guys. I can't hand it to you. Figure it out. Like, <laughs> you can do it. You're smart. So, um, oh, last question. So, recently you had the, you had a barbecue slash interview slash party. Can you give more details on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a new web show I'm doing for uh, Mania TV, uh, which uh, should be airing right when this thing starts airing. Um, it's me. Uh, it's like I have this kind of party barbecue thing where um, I interview, um, where I interview like you know friends of mine or you know different comics or people involved in comedy in some way. Uh, we did an episode with uh, Rob Hubel from Human Giant and mm-hmm. Steve Agee from the Sarah Silverman program. Like, uh, and it was it was awesome. It was a blast because it was just like, you know, it's like I wanted a way to have like these people be interviewed, but where it's not like a you know cheesy thing like they're pitching something or yeah, something yeah. like that. Just it's, like uh, so is it um, telling stories and whatnot? But then actually on this Saturday we're doing another one with uh, Janine Garofalo. Oh, very cool! Very cool. Yeah. Um, so that's gonna be wait. So where can is it a t is it a TV station or is it online? Did you say uh, it's mania gonna mania TV is uh, mania TV.com. Okay, mania TV.com. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I um remember seeing it on your MySpace and it seemed I, I'm excited to see it because I really like those kind of interviews where I don't know if you can tell yet, but where it's not as concrete or like just like question answer question answer. Yeah, like, free, it's more the more like, free form the better. Exactly, it's more of kind of a hangout thing. That's very cool. So that's good. That's another thing to look forward to. See more comedians and see Jonah Ray. See everybody. Yeah. 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 Check it out. Check it out. All right. Well, this has been an amazing interview from my oh, part. I hope oh, thanks. No, I've, I've had a blast. You're really funny. Yay. And okay. So, uh, I don't know why. My I'm just like shorting out today. I think the zombie thing got me into a bad vibe. Like now, now it's in the back of my mind. Like my mind just feels like it's bait, and it's like <laughs> it's getting freaked out. It's trying to get out of there. So it's disconnecting, and it's just like synapses are firing nowhere. It's just oh, it's fine. Not every show is the best show. Not every show is the best show, but not every sh- <laughs> not every show is the worst show either. That's true. Silver lining. Okay, there so, it is. We well, just found it. So this week, Jonah Ray, check him out. What's your, uh, well, MySpace, Jonah well, no, Ray. No, just go to yes. My name, dot com. His name, dot com. Working website. And very, it got a new layout, so if you've been there before, but you want to check it out again, new layout. Very yeah, nice. I know, I'm proud of that one. It was very good. I was, I was very all my, all my videos, you can see all my videos, everything I've done on TV, pretty much, that I was able to find online. And so. all the Super Deluxe stuff. Yeah. It will forever be on Super Follow Deluxe. Follow me on Tumblr. Yay! All right, this is great talking to you. Maybe in the future, talk to you when your next CD comes out. Oh, indeed. Next record, yes, definitely. All right, cool. Then I will talk to you later, and uh, have a great Thursday night. (laughs) You too. Monday, (laughs) Thursday. (laughs) Bye.